Wear sunscreen. If I could offer you only one tip for the future, sunscreen would be it. The long-term benefits of sunscreen have been proved by scientists, whereas the rest of my advice has no basis more reliable than my own meandering experience. I will dispense this advice now. Enjoy the power and beauty of your youth. Oh, never hey, everybody. Mind. You'll not I'm Robert Furr, and this is episode 16 of the For the Love of Data podcast. Thanks for joining me today. We've got a great episode with lots of good information on a really relevant topic coming out of Memorial Day weekend and going into the summer. I had big plans to have the best co-host that I possibly could have had. She's beautiful, she's smart, she's talented, and she always tells me to wear sunscreen and I usually don't listen. It was going to be my wife, but she unfortunately came down with a little cold that caused her to lose her voice. Or she didn't want to be on the podcast with me. Time will tell. Anyway, this is a very relevant topic for me because I just recently got back from a vacation where I spent a good amount of time on the beach and I managed to burn my back to a crisp on our last day of our last uh, time to sunscreen. I somehow forgot to do my back at all and then I sat there uh, in the ocean tooling around on a on a mat pushing my kids around with the sun just beating down on my back for about an hour and a half and so Needless to say, I've had some uh, copious amounts of aloe vera being uh, poured onto my back and, and a little bit of pain over the last couple of weeks. But I'm coming to you today with tons of information on sunscreen. And even though my wife couldn't be here, she's here in spirit. And she's always the one that has been telling me for years to put on sunscreen. Shade doesn't do as much as you think it does. And I kept telling her, nah, nah, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. And pretty much every single thing that she hounded me on is right. So, fellas, ladies, just goes to show you, you should listen to the loved one in your life because they probably know more than you on pretty much any topic. At least my wife does with me. So, let's dive into things. Uh, a lot of this content came from the Environmental Working Group, um, which is an organization with a site with tons of great info, and, and that's what... Uh, we'll be talking about it in a lot of this episode, so please visit the show notes. Um, there'll be a lot of good information there and links to their guide. Uh, they recently released the 2017 Sunscreen Guide, which has research and guidance on sunscreen efficacy, ingredients, and health risks. It's chock full of great information to keep you safe, and it dispels a lot of misconceptions that most people hold. So before we dive into sunscreen and why it's important and some of the intricacies of it, we need to step back and take a look at why... Uh, sun rays are harmful. So if you break down the light spectrum, you have visible light and you have ultraviolet light. Ultraviolet light is broken down into two sections, UVA and UVB, and there's actually a further breakdown of UVA into UVA 1 and 2. Uh, you can see a chart on this on the show notes. Uh, it's a little bit hard to explain. It gets down into nanometers or billionths of a meter. Um, but fundamentally, UV radiation penetrates the skin and produces genetic mutations that can cause cancer. Now UVA is less intense than UVB, but it's 30 to 50 times more prevalent, so you can get a lot more of it. Um, it's the dominant tanning ray and it penetrates deeper, suppresses your immune system, causes harmful free radicals to form, and it's associated with higher risk of melanoma. So UVA is not something to mess around with. 
Uh, UVB, on the other hand, are the rays that are the primary cause of sunburns and non-melanoma skin cancer. They're most intense from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. April through October here in the States. Uh, and they're also the rays that are most reflected by snow and ice. And you'll learn more about this today as we go into detail on it, but the chemicals in sunscreen help combat UVB rays much more than they do UVA. So if you think of your skin as a three-layer um, makeup, the top layer is the epidermis. UVB rays penetrate that. Below that is the dermis. UVA rays penetrate down to that. And then there's the subcutaneous layer, uh, which is skin tissue um, found under the dermis. So first two layers are uh, the ones that, that get UV radiation. And why is this UV exposure harmful? Um, the reason is that new melanoma cases among uh, American adults has, have tripled since the 70s. So they were about 8 per 100,000 people in 1975. Now they're up to about 25.2 thousand as of 2014. And melanoma death rate for white American men, which is the highest risk group, has escalated sharply uh, from 2.6 deaths per 100,000 people to 4.4. Um, so it's almost doubled. Since 2003, uh, the rate of new melanoma cases among both men and women have been climbing uh, by about 1.7 and 1.4% per year. Uh, and that's according to the, to the uh, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. And when you think about this in uh, actual numbers, it's pretty overwhelming. Three million Americans develop skin cancer each year. It's just a mind-blowing chunk of, of our population. In most cases, involve one of two uh, disfiguring but rarely, rarely fatal forms of cancer. There's basal and squamous cell carcinomas. Um, these are strongly related to UV exposure, according to recent studies. Um, so when you get down and look at scientific studies, they can be a bit all over the map, um, but I've got several studies cited in the show notes. Um, some of them have found that regular sunscreen use lowers the risk of squamous cell carcinoma, and it diminishes sun-induced skin changes that may advance squamous cell carcinoma. Uh, there's actually some research on the other side of the spectrum that says that sunscreen doesn't prevent basal cell carcinoma, um, and both UVA and UVB rays can cause melanoma, uh, and they found that in laboratory studies on people with extreme sun exposures. In the general population, there's a strong correlation between melanoma risk and a person's number of sunburns, particularly those during childhood. So shorter periods of intense sun or sunburns are actually more of a risk than prolonged, um, less intense uh, exposure to sun. So like if you were going to be out in the sun for 30 minutes every morning um, when it's not as intense for a year, that could be um, less of a detriment to your health as far as skin cancer than a few intense sunburns a few times of the year. People who rely on sunscreens tend to burn and sunburns are linked to cancer. So when people use sunscreen properly to prevent sunburn, they often extend their time in the sun. This may prevent burns, but they end up getting more cumulative exposure to UVA rays, which inflict more subtle damage. Again, this was confirmed by some studies back in 2009, 2007. Um, but like I said, the, the research on the exact link is a little inconclusive. So scientists don't know whether it can prevent melanoma. Uh, there's studies on both sides that say it helps or it doesn't. Um, 
like I said before, outdoor workers report lower rates of melanoma than indoor workers, mostly due to uh, the fact that their exposure is not intermittent. Um, and then breaking down uh, some of the uh, specific aspects of melanoma, melanoma rates are higher among people who live in North American cities with less year-round UV intensity than residents of sunny cities. So that's uh, more of a reason to go move to the beach in Florida. And researchers speculate that higher vitamin D levels for people with regular sun exposure may help reduce melanoma risk. So it's another good reason to go out and drink up your milk to get some of that good vitamin D and, and hopefully prevent uh, some of the issues with sun exposure. But all in all, when you look at all of these studies, and, and there was a study back in 2011 that studied other studies, the consensus among researchers is the most important step people can take to reduce melanoma risk is to avoid sunburn, um, but not all skin exposure. So how do we avoid sunburn? Well, we use sunscreen, and the way that we can examine sunscreen for its efficacy is to look at SPF. What is SPF? It means sun protection factor, and it it isn't a certain quantity of uh, chemical or anything like that. Basically, the SPF is how much longer it will take for sun to redden skin um, than without it. So if you have SPF 15, it should t theoretically take 15 times longer for the sun to redden you. I've got a chart um, that talks about how much uh, protection this gives you. And with SPF ratings, it all of the ratings are measured on UVB protection. And so an SPF 2 gives you blocks 50% of UVB rays. SPF 15 blocks 93%, SPF 30 blocks 97%, SPF 50 98%, SPF 100 99%. So the difference between 30 and 100 is actually pretty slim as far as the amount of UV, UVB rays that it protects against. Um, and so if you, you know, you don't have to worry as much about, do I have a 30 or do I have a hundred? Do I need to spend more on the hundred? The important thing is to get one of those and use it religiously. Um, another aspect to be aware of on this is these SPF ratings are measured in very specific lab conditions. So they have a very specific UV light, very specific setups. And so there have been some challenges and I'll talk about that in a little bit. But when you think about the scale of um, sunscreen markets, uh, a research company reported that sunscreen scale, suns, sunscreen scales, that would be an interesting way to avoid sun. Um, sunscreen sales have grown 2% a year between 2011 and 2016, and it's now about $400 million annually um, as far as revenue. And when you look at the effects of the sun by age, there's some interesting breakdowns. So um, ad adults are actually have some inherent protections. Babies and adult and elderly uh, adults over 60 are the ones most at risk. Baby skin is thinner and absorbs more water. Um, infant and toddler skin has less melanin, which naturally pr protects you from UV light. Um, and the older you are, the thicker and more pigmented you get, so you have some natural uh, protection. There are some challenges to understanding the true uh, depths of these differences because most studies are done on adults, not on small children. But we do know that uh, you have that natural protection up to a point, but it starts to degrade once you get over age 60. 
Another topic that I want to make specific caution on are tanning beds. If you are using tanning beds right now, for the love of all that is good and pure, please stop. Tanning beds emit up to 12 times the UVA of the sun. People that use them are one and a half to two and a half times more likely to get cancer. And the risk of melanoma goes up when you use a tanning bed at any age. Um, but if you start using tanning beds before the age of 30, your risk of developing melanoma jumps by 75%. Trust me, people, it is just not worth it um, to chase a tan body with those kinds of risks. Now, when you start looking at different sunscreens, there are actually um, certain things you need to be aware of in of what's in a sunscreen. Don't just go pick the cheapest sunscreen that's out there or the one that seems most convenient. Uh, I'm going to give you some tips of what to look out for and it's really important to do your research and I actually am guilty of this myself. I mean I used to just you know go get the cheapest thing, put as little of it uh, as I could on to mentally feel like I wasn't going to get burned because I hated the greasy feeling of sunscreen. But after doing this research uh, I, I now know uh, there are a lot of resources to get some really good information and pick something that's going to be um, as a, the most effective as possible. Um, so the first thing is if you check ingredients and you see vitamin A, that's a bad ingredient. You need to stay away from it. Um, there's a form of vitamin A called retinal palmitate, which can actually harm your skin when it's combined with sunlight. Um, luckily, the use of that has been falling um, since about 2005. So between 2005 and 2010, it was actually climbing. It was in about 40% of sunscreens. Now it's it's dropped down to about 12%, but that's still a significant amount, and you need to be aware of that. Uh, I also found some research on the use of sprays versus lotions. Sprays are definitely more convenient, but they're not the best option, and the EWG recommends against using them. Um, their use has been on the rise because of their convenience, but... Um, there are some challenges with it. You, you can inhale the chemicals in the spray and that can be bad for your lungs. Uh, most people apply too light of a coat and people miss spots. But like I said, despite this, their use is increasing. There's a recommendation anytime you use sunscreen, whether it's lotion or it's spray, to use about the equivalent of a shot glass full of sunscreen. And they've done studies where they found that people that use sprays actually use somewhere between a quarter and a half of that amount. And again, I'm guilty of this. I used to put a super light coat, not even, not even rub it in, and just start going to town on, you know, if it was a run or um, if it was uh, going to the pool. Uh, but the recommendation if you're going to use a spray actually is, you know, make sure you hold your breath first off. Don't spray it directly on your face because of the inhalation hazard. And then when you're going over spots, go over it three times and then uh, go in and rub, uh, rub it on your arms and legs and, and everywhere to make sure that, it, that you're coated evenly. Now, I actually tried this this weekend after doing some of this research. And um, for me, when I go over it three times, the coating is so thick, it's like using a lotion anyway. So I feel like the, the lotion would be more cost effective and it would go further because I feel like... With a family of four, if you take a bottle of uh, spray out with you and you're out at the pool for a couple of hours, you're going to tear through that, that entire bottle where lotion isn't the case. And like I said before, um, high SPFs 
do offer some additional protection, but they can be a little bit deceiving. So if you correctly apply uh, an SPF 50, like I said, you block 98% of UVB rays. SPF 100 only gets you 1% more. Um, the higher the SPF, the more UVB rays it blocks, but you're actually blocking less of the UVA. So you got to be aware of that. Um, and like I said before, labs, uh, they, when they measure SPF ratings in labs, they don't reflect real-world conditions. Small changes in light can actually change the efficacy of an SPF 100 sunscreen to only be rated at SPF 37. Um, again, people spend more time in the sun when they wear a higher SPF, so there's a mental aspect where you think that you have more protection than you really do. And also, the higher doses of the chemical ingredients that give it that higher SPF may be harmful when absorbed in the skin at those higher levels. If you, want, like I said before, with the with the shotgun glass approach, if you don't apply enough or you misapply, an SPF 100's uh, actual SPF could be as low as as 3.2. That's SPF 100 down to 3.2 if you misapply it. T-shirts have an SPF of five. So make sure you do a thick coating, you cover everything. Don't be like me, forget to do your back. Get a buddy to help you out. And interestingly, I also found that in the US, we we don't cap the, uh, the, uh, the level of SPF to anything under 100. But most countries cap advertisements at 50. They make you say 50 or 50 plus. Um, Europe, Japan, and Canada all follow that standard. Australia actually caps everything at 30. Um, and there are, I found some research that said European sunscreens are actually better than American sunscreens. So there are several European companies that have developed chemicals that are better at blocking UVA, but they've not yet been approved by the FDA. Uh, they've actually tried to pass some laws to get uh, the evaluation of that fast track compared to what it was, but um, that's still out there in limbo. Uh, Europe also requires that advertised SPF, um, which as I said before, is its rating of UVB blockage is no more than three times the amount of its UVA rating. So in order for something to be rated at SPF 30 in Europe, it's got to be able to block UVA rays at a rate of SPF 10, um, which I thought was a really interesting aspect. And so I haven't uh, figured out um, which sunscreen would be best to purchase from Europe and you know what's available on Amazon, but I'm going to give you some links that where you can go and you can you can check out ratings of sunscreens, and I would highly recommend that you uh, that you go out and find one that has some of those extra chemicals um, that that are that have been shown in studies in Europe to to really help out with additional blocking, uh, but just aren't unfortunately available widespread in the U.S. yet. So we've, we've talked a little bit about some of the challenges with the sun and why it's bad. We've talked about some of the things to be aware of on sunscreen. So how do you stay safe when you're in the sun? How do you properly use this stuff? Um, so first off is make sure you know how intense the sun is. You can go to your weather app on your phone and you can check the UV index. You can go to a site like sunburnmap.com and plug in your city or your zip. And you can see basically a radar map that shows um, the UV index. Uh, I've got a I've got a link to that in the show notes that, that shows the Texas, Arkansas, Missouri area from a couple of days ago, and um, Dallas and Fort Worth were at the extreme level. Um, everything to the north of us was very high, 
and up in Missouri it was in the high range. Um, so really important at this time to know uh, what the exposure is when you're going to plan out a day of fun, whether it's at an amusement park, on the golf course, out at the pool with the kids. Um, just be prepared for that. And if you have activities that you can shift to earlier in the morning or later at night, like a run or something like that, it would definitely be in your best interest from a sun exposure standpoint to do so. Um, again, with all of the things that I talked about with ingredients, um, know your ingredient and pick the right SPF. Um, so the EWG has a link um, that can uh, that can tell you uh, what some of the ingredients are and what they block at what levels and also some of the side effects. So there's a whole litany of, of chemicals. I'm not going to go through all of them, um, but I've got them listed in the show notes. And some of them have some side effects that are skin allergens or just allergens in general. Um, some of them, like oxybenzone, is something that will penetrate your skin significantly. It acts like estrogen when it's in the body, and it's a relatively high allergen. So that's that's a chemical that, that the EWG has started recommending against. And um, you can actually go to their website. They've got a database full of about 15,000 sunscreens, and you can see how they rate it as far as um, its claims of protection, its value and um, the health hazards that it poses as far as the chemical makeup. I've also got a selection guide. You can find a bunch of these online, but basically if you uh, take your skin tone from very fair all the way to dark and you estimate the number of hours that you're going to be outdoors, it tells you what SPF you need. Um, so for me, I would say that I am a fair to light skinned person. And if I'm going to be out in the sun for an hour, I need SPF 15. Two hours, SPF 30. Um, three or four hours, somewhere between 30 and 50. And if I'm going to be out in the sun for five hours or more, I need 50 to 100. Uh, and their recommendation is to reapply every two hours or as directed on the package. Um, so you definitely don't ever want to go any higher than two hours. Um, I've actually heard some places recommend every 80 minutes. Um, so again... Know your ingredients, know how to pick the right SPF, and then once you've got your sunscreen picked out, what are some of the things that you can do when you're out doing activities? Um, one, seek the shade, like I said, especially between 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. When, uh, when things are at their worst. Don't stay out long enough to get burned. Make sure you take breaks. Make sure you plan your day where you're not forced to do that. Um, you know, Don't get stuck in a situation where you're out at the zoo and you know you're going to be out there for three hours and you forgot the sunscreen at the car, uh, you know, bite the bullet and go buy some, ask someone to borrow some. It's going to save you. It literally could save you from a lot of pain and misery um, later on. Going to emphasize it again, avoid tanning and tanning boosts. Just don't even do it. It's not worth it. Um, when you have the option, cover up with clothing, um, especially broad-rim broad hats and UV-blocking sunglasses. Um, make sure the sunscreen that you choose is broad-spectrum, meaning it, it blocks both UVA and UVB, um, and that it's a, a 15 or higher. Um, for extended outdoor activity, make sure you uh, use something that's water-resistant with 30 or higher, um, or follow the chart. Um, like I said before, apply one ounce or two tablespoons of, of sunscreen to your entire body. Um, there is a recommendation that you do it 30 minutes before you go outside and that you reapply immediately after swimming or excessive sweating. 
keep newborns out of the sun. Um, it should only sunscreen should only be used on babies over the age of six months because of uh, some of the skin absorption risks. Um, examine your skin head to toe every month um, just to be aware of any developments of, of anything that might cause you concern and see your physician every year for a professional skin exam or if you notice anything out of the ordinary. Um, and then also don't forget to sunscreen your lips. That's a place that's often forgotten about and you don't typically put lotion on it when you lotion your face but that is a place that you can develop melanoma so be sure you do that. Um, so stepping back, if I summarize all of these points at a really high level, um, just to hit it one more time and re-emphasize, before you go outside, sunscreen should be your last resort. Wear clothes, plan around the sun, don't get burned, wear sunglasses, find shade, and bring shade with you. Um, so those are all really important things to do whenever you're going to be out in the sun. Now, other places that you can protect yourself and you should be aware of are um, you know, places like your car. So car windows in general block a lot of UVB, but not a lot of, but not UVA. Windows in general block UVB. Windshield specifically um, will block UVB and UVA because of the plastic that's in between um, the, the two sheets of glass, but side windows don't do so well. So car windshields have uh, an effective rating of around SPF 50. Side windows are about SPF 16. So if you think about being on an hour commute each way every day and the amount of sun exposure that you're going to get, um, you really might want to think about getting some kind of transparent window film which can block out almost 100% of both UVA and UVB. Uh, so if you've got really uh, tan windows, that can provide you some protection. You can also get this transparent film. I've got the transparent film on my windshield and um, the, the decrease in heat is actually noticeable in the summer too, so highly recommend that. Um, and one interesting thing is there were a couple studies I found that found significantly more melanoma on the left side of your body or face, and they think that that's due to long exposure in cars puts you at more risk. And so if I, if I think of my commute, I live north of Dallas, and so... In the mornings, I'm driving with the left side of my face to the east as the sun's coming up. And when I'm driving home, the left side is, is on the west as, uh, as I'm going home. So I've got constant exposure on the left side of my face. So it would be worth keeping a bottle of sunscreen in your car and at least hitting, hitting your face um, before you start your commute. Now, if you, if you do not take any of this advice to heart, and you go out there and you get a sunburn or you're like me, you're careless, you forget, you don't listen to your wife, you know, that's never ever happened. Um, what do you do if you get a sunburn? There's a few different things that you can do. Um, one is take cool baths or showers to help relieve the pain. And when you get done, gently pat yourself dry, but leave a little bit of water on your skin. Don't rub really hard um, and don't take hot baths or showers. Uh, and apply moisturizer to help trap the water in your skin. This can help ease the dryness. Use moisturizers that contain aloe vera or soy, or soy to help soothe sunburned skin. Um, if something, if if an area of your skin feels especially uncomfortable, you can put hydrocortisone cream on, which you don't need a subscription a prescription for, not a subscription. Um, but don't put any any 
products like benzocaine or anything that ends with cane on a sunburn because that can irritate your skin and it may cause an allergic reaction. Um, one of the recommendations that I've never done, but um, it sounds useful, is consider taking aspirin or ibuprofen, which can help reduce swelling, redness, and discomfort. Um, definitely drink extra water uh, because sunburns draw fluid to the skin and away from the rest of the body. Um, so you'll need that to help uh, avoid dehydration. Um, if you get blisters, allow those blisters to heal. Um, that A blister is a second degree uh, sunburn. And so don't pop them because they actually help your skin heal and protect you from infection. And then uh, if you do get sunburned, make sure you protect that area uh, even more than normal while it's healing. So make sure you wear clothing that covers your skin if you go outdoors. Um, something that's tight works better than something that's loose. And uh, just a general test is if you're going to hold the uh, if you're going to if you hold the fabric up to the light, you shouldn't really see any light coming through, and that indicates a good amount of sun protection. There are some clothes out there that have UPF ratings. Um, that specifically have an equivalent of SPF um, blocking measurement. And so with that, folks, that is the end of the sunscreen episode. I hope you found a lot of information that was useful. I know I am going to transition from the use as little as I can, hate the greasy stuff, um, not be careful with how I'm putting it on to be to research and find a, a good brand that I want to use that I feel is safe for my entire family, taking into account um, concerns like allergies, especially for my daughter, who I mentioned a couple of times before, um, and make sure that I use it much more vigorously. Um, one of the other tips that I didn't really cover here is make sure that when you're, uh, when you're covering, don't forget the edges where uh, clothing meets your skin and the edges where like your hairline are. Um, one of the tips was to start from the outer sides of your face and work inward because people will naturally add more sunscreen if they feel like the, the center part of their face is uh, not covered enough. But um, if you start in the middle and you work out, when you get to the hairline, if you don't have enough to cover it, you just kind of forget about it. And that's actually one of the easier places to develop melanoma. Um, so thanks for listening. Please be vigorous. I want, a, I want a happy, healthy audience for years to come. And um, I actually have a, a good friend that I work with that recently had to battle some, uh, some skin cancer development. He was a pretty young guy. Um, so he also has advocated to everyone since that experience how important it is to wear sunscreen and how it's a much easier uh, option than the alternative. Um, so take that lesson to heart. Um, like I said... Show notes are going to be up at ForTheLoveOfData.com. Uh, please go check those out for this information and more on previous episodes. Uh, you can also definitely leave me a comment. Tell me what you liked about this episode or things you'd like to see in, in future podcasts. Uh, you can hit me up on Twitter at Robert Fur or for the show at Love of Data. And until next time, thanks for joining me. We're going to send you off uh, with the same music that we started with, which was the Wear Sunscreen Commencement speech uh, spoken by Mike Harver of KNBE Radio Station. So until next time, be safe. This is Robert Furr signing off. Dispensing it as a way of fishing the past from the disposal, wiping it off, painting over the ugly parts, and recycling it for more than it's worth. Pray. Period. A lot. And trust me on the sunscreen. <laughs>